This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 we are coming to you sort of live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a special Thanksgiving Day edition of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, a day to give thanks for all we've been blessed with here in this incredible country, living this wild life. And, of course, taking today off to watch football and eat and drink myself senseless somewhere on Long Island. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Sir. I disagree, as I say often on the program, but today is not a day to stave one of those interventions into my lifestyles. Today is a day to indulge it. Today is a day to indulge yours, your family, your friends, and everything you hold near and dear. It's a good day to be you. And if you tuned into this show, uh, you know it's a good day, a very good day. To be into the Steve Ducey cookbook, the first guest we have today on this best of, something you've heard me say a lot on the show over the course of the past year, is that there's no simpler life hack to improve your overall quality of existence than learning to cook like one or two things. He knows what he's talking about. Well, the Steve Ducey cookbooks have taught me to cook like four or five things, and I got to tell you. I really blow people's doors off when they come over the house and I make them a tater tot breakfast quiche or a chicken parmesan meatball. So for that reason, on a day where we're all putting on sweatpants, and even they're getting a little uncomfortable, which is not good. I mean, when the sweats don't fit anymore, you know? Don't you have any respect for yourself? Not today, but I've got a lot of respect for Steve Ducey, whose fabulous cookbook is on sale now. Here he is discussing it on a recent episode of Fox Across America. I don't think you understand. You know when you meet fans mm -hmm. who are like, I love you, Ducey, I love the thing on Fox, but then you meet that fan who brings up something you did 17 years ago on a Tuesday that you forgot you did? Okay, bring it on. Well, that's the level of fandom you're dealing with. <laughs> here. Okay, in the movie White Men Can't Jump, okay, Wesley Snipes famously says to Woody Harrelson, he's like, white people, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you can't hear Jimmy. Okay, right. I talk I to Fox that. Talent. I say, Fox Talent, you listen to Steve Ducey, but you can't hear Steve Ducey. <laughs> I have cooked everything in the happy and a hurry. No hand. way! I mean, literally everything, but I have staples now. Okay, okay. what are they? I'm and this, very th this curious. Is what it, it means so much to me to have you on, and it means a lot to my listeners, because what I've done with some of these recipes, right. which I think everyone does, is they put their own spin on them. Right. So one of the ones I have credited you for, but pushed on the air, is the legendary hash brown quiche. How good is that? Oh, it's world class. But if you ever wrapped your brain around the fact that you could make that a tater tot quiche, 
and you bake those tots at 450. Right. And now you got just magic. It's a real thing. You know, uh, in our new cookbook, we do something called the Iowa Caucus Casserole. <laughs> of course you do. And because I'm from Iowa, uh -huh. and Peter spent, yeah. you know, years covering the caucuses and the campaign in Iowa, which is my home state. And so he would ask me, Dad, what's that casserole with the tater tots on top? And I would say, well, that's a classic uh -huh. Iowa uh, yeah. dish. And so we came up with this recipe, and I, I made it on the show, and people went crazy for it because they said, are those potato tots? Are those tater tots on top? And it's yeah, absolutely. Now, now I've become like a tater tot snob because I don't just recommend regular tots now. I recommend I recommend medallions. They're flat and they maintain the crunch more because there's less potato in the middle. Wait, it's next level they, stuff. They Change flattened a, they a tater tot. Have, they have now made or right makes tater tot medallions. It's next level stuff you're dealing with. I've never with seen you. that. Uh, we do have a recipe. Mm -hmm. in, have you ever been to Ireland? Uh, of course, yes. Okay. Have you ever had a full Irish breakfast? I mean, when you describe a full Irish breakfast, I feel like I have with the pastries and the bangers and everything like well, that. Or what, what do you? It's got the sausage. Yeah. It's got the. Mm -hmm. it, it it always has some uh, baked tomatoes, mm -hmm. some potatoes, some mm -hmm. eggs, and stuff like that. Uh, one, Kathy and, and the kids and I went to Dublin, and mm -hmm. we had full Irish breakfast every day. And then one night we were in a pub mm -hmm. and they had Irish nachos Ooh. that looked just like the full Irish breakfast. So we decided to get rid of the chips and we've made it a breakfast, but the potato is actually the Orida waffle oh, potatoes. That's a strong move to the hook. Oh my goodness, those are good. <laughs> Steve Ducey is in the house, the man who's kind of my default personal trainer, so blame him. <laughs> if anyone in wardrobe is listening and they're tired of resizing me for sport coats, this is your guy right here. Get a zipper. <laughs> the new book, The Simply Happy Cookbook. This is why I actually push cookbooks to the men listening to this show. And a lot of people don't know this, but you really only need to know how to cook three things okay. to be considered a phenomenal cook. All right. If you just, you know, what you do well, do. You know, what you don't do well, don't do at all. Mm -hmm. I've mastered three recipes, okay, in this book okay. that I can cook depending on the occasion and leave everybody with like, wow, Jimmy is like a Michelin chef. I didn't know that. That has flavor. And again, I'm a guy coming into your last cookbook who could boil a hot dog on a good day. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe a box of mac and cheese. So I make that. I make, to his credit, uh, Peter makes a, a chicken parm meatball. How good is that? Uh, so that might be the best thing in the book, with all due respect, because I come up from an Italian family, and I'd never gone in that direction. And it's a meatball with a little, they call them mozzarella pearl. Yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. There's a little cheese center. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> it's magical. You could be charging my listeners $3.99 a minute for this kind of dirty <laughs> talk right now. Someone's in a truck, right? Can you guys speak a little slower? Um, <laughs> so I would imagine, uh, does it happen to you a lot when you're on the road that people come up to you and tell you what they cook, or am I the biggest psycho? No. People do, okay, okay, but they don't have a top three list. So you are, <laughs> gotta, you, I, I've, I've just, I, yeah. on my phone, I've got a button that I push for yeah. security to find <laughs> just me. Did. You know how the queen lifts her handbag? I just <laughs> caught Steve Ducey lifting his handbag twice. <laughs> he grabbed the fanny pack. So you got to get out of here. But I say this to people all the time. It's a, it's a phenomenal book because every, every dish comes with a great story. Right. And this is all doable stuff. Right. But it's really good. In the new cookbook, uh -huh. this is I, I have made it for the morning show, and you've got to try this. This will be your next level thing. Okay. Do you like lasagna? Oh, yeah, come on. Do you like grilled cheese? Ooh, I'm listening. How about <laughs> lasagna grilled cheese? Stop it. I'm, I'm not kidding. The secret is the cheese. It's not just mozzarella cheese. We In our first cookbook, we did the recipe that my wife made 
me uh-huh. on our first date. And at the end of the first date, I said, you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but someday we will be married. And she's, <laughs> she laughed like that maniacally. And then, uh, then she said, that's nice. You can leave. And 40 <laughs> days later, we were engaged. And four months later, we were married. Boom. So we have we figured out the cheese ratio mm. of mozzarella to parm to uh, ricotta. And so that is the cheese yeah. on the grilled cheese. And then you put you make a quick little uh, lasagna meat sauce that you put inside. Uh-huh. And then you butter the outside. And then you grill them on, in a skillet just as you would a grilled cheese. Wow. Jimmy, it is, you know, you like a grilled cheese sandwich. You like lasagna. You like the lasagna noodles. Uh-huh. But just imagine if the noodles were caramelized oh, and man. butter toasted. <laughs> Dixie. It is. You can't eat it every day. It, it probably is yeah. not healthy for you. Uh-huh. But it, it is the one thing. And when we invented it during the pandemic, and my son-in-law, who was quarantining with us, said, I don't think that sounds very good. <laughs> and I made it for him, and he goes, that's the best sandwich I've ever had. <laughs> That's that's what we were all doing. Everybody who was lucky enough to get your book during the pandemic right. went right through the seasonal cycle. Like it climaxed with people in this radio division talking about the Thanksgiving leftover smoothie. Right. Like people cooked it seasonally right through. We did the cupcake chicken in the summer. Right. And uh, Carly said to me the other day, she said, now, do you have something in your new cookbook like the, what do we call it? Le- Thanksgiving leftover galad, which yeah. was... A galette, rather, which is just a pie crust where you put all the stuff on top of it. Then you crimp the edges and put a bunch of gravy on top. And it is fantastic because it's a taste of Thanksgiving. Uh, We actually do this thing where we kind of make a shepherd's pie with Mm. everything. But the only thing that didn't taste good inside it was the cranberry sauce. Okay. So we throw in craisins. Oh, I get it. And they're delicious. And it gets just there. A, it's a little flavor bomb. Folks, it's called the Simply Happy Cookbook. And I do mean this if you're a guy listening. It's such a – just learning how to cook is such a basic quality of life upgrade, and it's cheap. You know what I mean? Most yeah. of the things people consider quality of life is, I'll get a new car. I'll buy a vacation right. house. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bag of tater tots, and tater tots are undefeated when it comes to making you feel better. There's no question. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy are right up there for They me. get there. They okay. get there, but – the tater tot. Yeah. yeah. Pound for pound, okay? Let me ask you this. Yes. Of the desserts in the book, okay, my showstopper is I make your Ritz cracker peanut butter pie. Right. With no addendums. It's just as is. Rip and read. It's perfect. It's the best thing on the planet. And again, that is probably, if me and you were breaking this dessert down, you could walk into any gathering, wow the room. Right. You'll win the room. And you probably spend six bucks, do you think? Yeah. Uh, the most expensive thing is the eight-ounce carton of Cool Whip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we took that recipe, mm-hmm. and we got rid of the um, the graham cracker crust, uh-huh. and we put a pretzel crust under Ooh. it. And I always, whenever I would have it, I would say, you know, if if I were the Cheesecake Factory, yeah, yeah. I would add a chocolate top to it. So we added a chocolate top. So we've got, <laughs> we've updated your favorite. But we've also got, we've got this one thing. It's called, uh, we, I think we call it State Fair Cheese Pie. Uh-huh. And a cheese pie does not sound yeah. particularly delightful, mm-hmm. but it's cream cheese. Ooh. So it's a cracker crust and, uh, rather graham cracker crust. And then you've got this delicious, very simple and elegant cream cheese. The lady who gave us the recipe, a woman by the name of Pam Vance, 
out in Iowa. Uh-huh. Won five blue ribbons at the Iowa State uh, Fair. Which this is, thing is off the which chart. You're talking about the best division in sports. The <laughs> right. Iowa State Fair is right. you know, it's not nothing. You right. know? So is Chapter 13 uh, uh, recipes of ways to deal with gout? Is, did, have, we, have we added one of those chapters for the Jimmy Fallers of the world? No, I'm just so, I'm so excited. I love to share food. I came from a food house, so this is like my favorite book. And you should know this going forward as you do hits around the building. Right. Um, if you walk in and see a skinny host, you're probably not going to have to talk that much because they probably didn't cook any of the stuff. But when they book you with a 240-pound radio host, you better be prepared to dig in and talk recipes because we're here. We're playing all Madden. This is, we're not playing the game on Rookie, Steve Ducey. You can watch him every day on Fox and friends we will play you out with a song you inspired josh i will buy you a second can you cue up please the reo speedwagon song inspired by your last appearance on the show you need to hear this okay if you remember the 80s classic sure i can't fight this feeling anymore of course okay i was there well allow me to serve you this radio entree called i can't stop this eating anymore thank you jimmy Cookbook. I hope you're happy, Steve Ducey. I'm crying in my lasagna grilled cheese. That was so beautiful. <laughs> His lighter singed the ceiling of the studio. He was swaying a little bit to the beat, but great book. Everybody go buy it. Thanks for this, my man. Thanks, Jimmy. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I, during the pandemic, got his first book and have become like an actual master chef. Now, I'm not saying I'm a great, like, world-class cook, but I can cook four things so well. That if you have people over, like every, you know, for dinner every three months, every five months, every time they come over, you're going to cook one knockout dish after another. And they're like, ah, oh, this Jimmy Fallon guy, this guy, 
he's really got it together. This this guy, I'm telling you right now, he's a hell of a cook. Wrong. Not really. Uh, but thanks to the deuce man, uh, I can get by uh, and throw three or four really high-velocity fastballs in the kitchen. And I have learned to like cooking. And, I, you know, I'm usually, like, drinking whiskey and listening to Louis Prima. Uh, but it's become like a big ritual in my house. And if you do like to cook or you want to wow the ladies or your, even your family, I find in terms of quality of life improvements, food is the easiest one because you, there's a lot of cheap things you can do well that'll make your day that much better. So a shout out to the deuce man, even if uh, I really do look like I'm in my third trimester because of that guy. But I'm playing defense. I'm playing some defense. We're getting better. Uh, one other quick shout out. Right now, we are engaged in the 11th annual Radiothon, and that goes down between the Intermountain Foundation and Rich Broadcasting. Those are our partners out at KID in Idaho Falls. That's the great station Jenny and I visited last year on our way out to Bear World, courtesy of Richard Meacham. Uh, which I don't appreciate, Richard Meacham and the great Grace Latham, who runs Bear World. They took me out on a tour to feed bears, which sounds like a good idea, but when you're married with a kid and you have a lot of life insurance... That can't be good. Not good at all, because, you know, I got... Jenny wants to collect that money. You know, she kept... She's like, Jimmy, lean over further. The bear's never going to get the food. You want to you lean over a little further? This could be a problem. <laughs> That's what's going on. She's trying to feed me to the bears. Uh, but if you want to do a good deed... Uh, the Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. It's 100 years old this year, uh, and they, along with Rich Broadcasting, are doing a 48-hour telethon uh, in the name of helping uh, this hospital. And if you want to donate, it is give to the number, give to primarychildrens.org. Uh, the proceeds from the event will continue to support Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital in building the nation's model health system for children. Uh, this is a phenomenal place. They are doing the Lord's work. Uh, and I can't uh, you know, impress upon you enough that if you're in a position uh, where you're fortunate enough to give them anything, uh, you certainly should. Because it's a phenomenal cause for phenomenal people going through um, some incredibly awful adversity. And they need all the help they can get. And, you know, when I was a young kid and I didn't have one of these radio shows and uh, I used to lay awake at night uh, wishing to be more prominent and influential, I really did, like in my early 20s, wish I had a greater reach so I could do good in the world. You know, when you're young and you're like idealistic and you're like, I want to help people. <laughs> then you get a couple of bucks and you're just a disaster. Uh, but I have rounded back into form. Now I'm married. I got a great woman in my life. I got a I got a halfway decent kid and uh you know very thankful for all of that and I always want to give back so in situations like this, I can't step up fast enough because I have a lot of gratitude and one thing I can tell you is if you're getting your ass handed to you in life, one of the best lessons somebody ever taught me in my cab is that when you feel helpless, you should help somebody else. The reason being is it reminds you that you still have power to do good in the world and even though you don't feel like you're getting anything right in your life, you see the immediate impact you can have on somebody else's, which oftentimes serves as a reminder that you yourself can get back off the mat and turn your life around. And uh, I really, like, I lived by that. Like, whenever I was, like, really, like, having, like, a 12-trip day in my taxi where you're actually not going to turn a profit on the rental and the gas, I would wind up on the way out of the garage giving, like, somebody on the street 10 bucks. They'd probably go blow it on crack. I pro That's so funny. I probably know Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. But the point is, when you do feel helpless, sometimes helping somebody gets you your swag back. So whatever financial position you find yourself in, if you have the time, it is give to 
primarychildrens.org. Uh, you will be donating to a phenomenal cause on behalf of some phenomenal people. How about my man Steve Ducey? One of the many reasons why I look like I'm in my third trimester. But again, we move forward uh, because Jace and Missy Robertson, hosts of Duck Family Treasure on Fox Nation, are joining us next on this special edition of Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Babe. Babe. Treasure. Dinner tonight. Like 20-something people are coming. We agreed no more big holes in the yard. It's not that big of a hole. You're going to have to clean all this up. Okay. All of it up. You look like a supermodel, babe. I like your dress. He's always hunting something. Is <laughs> Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon doing a little family therapy right now. Uh, Duck Family Treasure uh, airs Thursday nights at 8 p.m. on the Fox Business Network starting tonight, girlfriend. So you got to check it out. Joining me now to discuss such things, Jason Missy Robertson in the house. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hello, everyone. Now, when you watch the video of that clip, I just want to clarify for our listeners. The video of that clip is you digging a hole in the backyard. Okay. With an excavator. Thank you. But your fabulous <laughs> accent, the first time you played it, I wasn't watching the video, and I thought you said, no more big hoes in the backyard. <laughs> and I was like, yo. I mean, I have a weird marriage, but I mean, I, I never knew you had the permission for the big hoe. Uh, my wife has always been fine with like a medium-sized hoe. So it was, it was a lot for me. Uh, but it's very much That's in keeping one. with the spirit of the show uh, that yeah. we'd have a moment like that. But good to see everybody again. And you're back. I, the, the fact that you're back on the show is stunning. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised you're here because you didn't know about the first go round, <laughs> but uh, apparently he forgot about it too. But well, you're back in New York. I told you I'm unoffendable. So uh. <laughs> that's one thing about our family is we laugh a lot at each other. That so is, we're good. Well, isn't yeah. that like the ultimate survival skill? Because like I was broke most of my life driving a taxi, but we had a good time because we were just laughing, right? That's what we did. We don't we don't get offended at each other's mishaps, and uh, we're surrounded by alligators, so. Oh, they have thick skin. I, I don't know. I guess it's... But you don't like the alligators, huh, babe? No, I don't want any how about, crawlies. But no. how about as, like, a fashion? Do you, like, can you can you wear gator boots? I do have some gator yeah, boots, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. See, she and likes... snake skin boots. But this life from I don't like afar. snakes either. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. I'll take them as an accessory. We, we, no, have, works. we have zero things in common besides our faith and our kids. Okay. And it actually worked. We've been married how long, babe? Over 30 years? Wow. You're close, yeah. So this contrast and mm -hmm. conflict, evidently it's adventurous because <laughs> she keeps hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> so no joke, look, in the first season, which is mm -hmm. airing now on Fox Business, starting every Thursday. I didn't even realize that till I got here in New York. Yeah, yeah, I had no time. idea why I was here. <laughs> And uh, she told me that right before. He just does what I tell him, G. No, but that Which works. is good. That's good That's for also, our marriage also as well. good for the but marriage. But no, tonight at 8 o'clock, the first one is that episode. That mm -hmm. clip from that episode is airing tonight on Fox Business. It's, a, it's an episode called Always Hunting Something. Yes. That's why I got into <laughs> treasure hunting. Because uh -huh. I went from ducks and frogs. and But now what they're doing is, uh, you know, they're showing up and they're wanting to hunt 
a little, you know, frogs and ducks mm -hmm. and treasure. We'll go get a cannon filled with gold or something like that. Yes. Well, we've actually looked on That's numerous occasions, and when we find it, the, our Fox viewers will be the first to see it. <laughs> there you go. The difference in hunting the ducks and hunting, what would you say, the frogs and hunting yeah. the squirrel and hunting, they all have a season. Yeah. There is no season That's for treasure it. hunting. <laughs> There's so no he cannon could season. Be gone. He awesome. could be gone every day. Uh-huh. Or he could be home every day. So it depends on how our marriage is going. That's which one I would well, like it's perfect best. timing because the kids are all grown now. We do have a little baby that we're fostering. But mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, I thought, well, this is the perfect hunting to get into. Yeah, yeah. Because now, and then I, what I was going to say is on the first season, they had her come for uh, one of the episodes, and she was going to try it. And she was open to it. Mm -hmm. And you last. I, I mean, I was... Uh, she didn't want to be there. To I was dragged to We're it, doing a show. Agree. Come on. So, look, you know how long she lasted? Five minutes. I lasted a little bit more than that. Dump it wasn't long. Ten, maybe. And wow. she actually found long. a little button. So, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, that was all planned. And no, she got out there and said, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so, one and done. Just she said the I, there was some little shops in town that I would like to go check out. So they sent a camera crew with her, mm -hmm. Han Solo, by herself, and they filmed it, which I thought it made a pretty good episode. Maybe you're there. telling the whole episode that hasn't aired on Fox Business well, yet. You that know one's what? Coming up. Spoiler alert! Yes. I just told Spoiler you. Spoiler alert! She oh. goes shopping, but well, that's hunting. <laughs> you gonna find something? Hey, you hit I the racks. Treasure hunting. Thank yes. you. Yes, I do. Our producer, who's actually with us on this trip, she just she was standing and she just went down on the floor. She actually, <laughs> I just saw her do a shot with my producer. Yeah, they just so, chugged tequila. I ruined this. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Jason, Missy, Robert. Robertson are here, uh, loaded with spoiler alerts for this season of Duck Family Treasure. Uh, I think it's epic. I think it's, I think it's funny, and I just think for most people, because I talk politics and news all day, just getting out into the woods, it's like good escapism. Yeah, what are we you doing know? here? Everybody's stressed out. They're paranoid. You know, mm -hmm. we had a pandemic. People are, like, in fear, running mm -hmm. through the hills, and then all of a sudden they turn something on, and they're like, oh, this is fun. Yep. It's a healthy distraction. Well, Jimmy, I will tell you, when I see you come on, Fox News or Fox Business, I, I'm like, oh, yes, okay, something good and funny. Oh, come on. Happen. Because yeah. it's not as serious. But you do, you, I, I like to listen to you because you are into the politics, you are into the news, but you bring it down to our level well, yeah. where we can figure, and we agree. Well, we agree with most of it, but whenever you analyze it and uh -huh. has, he has a lot of analogies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, I'm rolling. I'm oh laughing, I, I, and I agree. So it's like, I feel validated. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a stress reliever. I, I mean, look, I had, so look, I, I come about this information on the way here this is breaking news i've not shared this with anybody but one of my buddies he he knows i'm in a treasure hunt he sent me an article that said he said did you know that on airplanes they collect 58 million dollars a year in loose change that stop fall it. out into the seats and the floor stop it and another million just in the bins when you go through the security checks so i asked the, the pilots were up there. They knew who it was. I was like, look, can I look through this yeah, after yeah. everyone gets off? And you would have <laughs> thought that I had be, it was a terrorist threat in that moment. <laughs> they were absolutely not. I was like, I'm just saying $58 so, million dollars is a lot So of are money. you telling me Duck Family Baggage Claim is not debuting Ooh, on be. Fox no, Business? That episode went, 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 went. Duck Family Lost and Found. That's, not, that's <laughs> unfortunate. Why, why are the airlines not making a ton of more money than we thought? I mean, they we're should. 
just yeah. giving well, them fifty eight well, million. Well, a year remember this. That's the no, and that's the number they're admitting to. Okay, <laughs> that's right. no exactly. one ever gives you the real number. That's you know, exactly. but, but people you, are too uptight. Is my point. That is a great point, and uh, I appreciate all the nice, fine things you said. You said them the way I asked you to, so I'll send you the money Absolutely. after the show. You get, uh, I believe it was fifty bucks. You said, yeah. is that fair? <laughs> a little more than that. Oh, come on. Jason and Missy Robertson are shaking me down. This is what you do after 30 years of marriage. You hunt treasure, you shake down other married people. My wife and I are married 16 years, which in legitimately awesome. is we're having a good time. Um, 13 years longer than either of us thought we would last, though. Like, I'm yeah. dead serious. Like, when our wedding registry, like, when someone, we, we got, people got us two waffle makers. I Like, I felt guilty. Like, someone, I'm like, well, listen, I can't in good conscience accept a second waffle maker knowing how long this isn't going to last. But well, we made it work. Cast iron lasts an eternity. Yeah, can we talk about cast iron really I would quick? Love to talk about we can. Okay. We, we, look, I just dug up a trash <laughs> pit. And look, and there, over 100 years ago, and mm -hmm. guess what was at the bottom? What? A cast iron skillet. You damn right it was. And you can <laughs> cook in it right now, and it'll be the best thing ever. I've yes. got it going through a process to get it Every, back to where it was, and I will cook a meal in that you, cast iron. And you better. I mean, but you know what? Or oh, the terrorist win. Okay, well, the terrorists yeah. win. You gotta, you gotta cook cast iron. Every great meal, everything is better in a cast iron pan. We don't have really no, a lot no. of anything else. Cast no. iron is at every meal we cook, and we cook at least once a day. Oh, that's rad. So yes. you remember that you start with cast iron. If you're gonna do any bacon, you start with butter, and if you're gonna do anything else, you start with bacon. You can bake with bacon too. I know. I'm it's, just it's, saying. You know, that's all you need to know. It's a wonder your about... career as a nutritionist didn't work out. Isn't it? You know, it showed so much potential. Isn't, Isn't it? that crazy? But as his dad said recently on one of their podcasts, you're not a large man. You know? No, I'm not. That's because I work outside. Yeah, <laughs> a true. lot. You do think, yeah. If I you work had, out. Yes. I wanted to do a video on how to work outside mm -hmm. <laughs> and just do all the things I do. I chop wood, she'll yeah. tell you. I, yeah. I do all, I, I treasure hunt, I dig holes. I'm. It's holes. called working holes. outside okay. and yeah. then you can be fit. No, that works. No, that's a and thing. fills the holes yeah. back in. Well, that's good too. Well, that's that. That is a reason though. Like people who do things with their hands, do real work, outdoorsy work. Mm -hmm. It is actually better strength training. And I'll give you a good example. As a sports fan, Nolan Ryan was a cattle rancher, and he pitched, yeah. you know, for the Astros, the Texas Rangers. There's a guy, Robin Ventura, who was a young oh. hotshot power hitter who charged the mound. Oh, I saw it. And yeah. got beat up. I'm seeing it in my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never, you know, it's so funny is I'll never forget because I grew up here in the East Coast, and I had no background in anything like that. But I remember uh, Chris Berman on ESPN, he said, never mess with a man who wrestles cattle all day. Oh, exactly. And, of course, my wife's, my father-in-law is a dairy farmer, at the, you know, and uh, when I met him, like, I had a lot of, like, healthy respect because I, I remember Nolan Ryan. So I didn't yeah. want to have to fight the guy. Yeah. You know, now I wouldn't get my hands dirty. My son's six foot five. You know, I'm sending <laughs> oh, in the wow. kid. I'm not, you know, <laughs> how to fight me. He's a great guy. But, uh, no, there's, there's something to be said for just getting out. And that's what I also think is so valuable about your show, for real, is it's not what everyone else is doing. It's not an, you know, most TV shows, people are looking at their phone, looking at the TV. TV at people who are looking at their phones on the TV. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of cell phones in episode one. Is there a spoiler in episode two? Do you wind up in the Verizon store or no? No. <laughs> no. I know you did a lot of shopping during the I know. The we could go on a rant about cell phones, but we will we will leave that to another time. But we are we are not about no, the cell look, phones. So here, I've gone on record saying when we had trouble with my daughter mm -hmm. and, and all our kids because they're not mature enough to handle a cell phone at an early age, and mm -hmm. they prove it. Yep. Real quickly. <laughs> so the first time I took my cell phone from my daughter, I think it was two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I got back on there and said, nope. 
So we went two months. Uh-huh. Well, then the next time it was two years. For real. And then we canceled her account. So it's like you can't manipulate us to try to get your phone back. You have no phone and no account until you turn 18. But I will say this, because everybody right now, the people who could never imagine that, they're like, oh, the horror. It must have sent her into trauma. The reason it lasted two years is because when I tried to give it back to her, Mm -hmm. she said, I don't think I need that. Really? Yeah. And so I was in that moment, and eventually I was like, Please take it. I think you're ready to be mature enough to make better decisions. She wasn't. <laughs> but. <laughs> but my point, my point is, yes. I mean, I come from a family. My dad, he he's never had a cell phone uh-huh. in, in his life. He still has the one hooked to the wall. He's the old school. And, well, this, here's what's funny. The only people calling are mm-hmm. the people still selling stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like. You're single-handedly, my dad, is keeping these companies alive. He's still answering the the phone. Because when you hear there's 200 million people on the don't call list, that means the other 100 million are getting all the calls. Dude, phone is ringing into the ground. So my Uh, dad was like, never get a cell phone. But he also gave me some other advice. He said, you never want to get to be the age of, let's say, 60 mm -hmm. and say to yourself, you should have had that biscuit. (laughs) <laughs> and so they've always promoted us to eat well, work uh-huh. outside, so it all Home run. Back. So then this is my only question, because I learned a lot about this season and reading up on it. What is steamboat fever? Steamboat fever, yeah. Back in a, a, a time in our, our age where ste- steamboats were basically how you got your stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went from town to town dropping yeah. off goods, people running. and So now, uh, you know, a lot of those steamboats crashed and when they were sunk they were forgotten okay. and we actually go looking for one for a on one one of the episodes i won't should i give the spoiler alert it's already come out on fox nation i thought we could discuss they everything found that one stop it it, it is amazing found, found a steamboat i can't keep it in i don't know if we're supposed to spoil that or not but it <laughs> <Yeah>. is amazing <laughs> i would ask the publicist but she just <laughs> leapt out the window <laughs> yeah. she's actually have they drawn the truck outline mikey i want to make sure i get that up on instagram <laughs> holy goodness and it was unplanned and the guy who kind of gives us some legitimacy on the show, he is a history expert. He's been metal detected and treasure hunting for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Uh-huh. But he, he thought he knew where it was. And uh, I was so we end up hunting some different yards to kind of go back to the era. But he spent a couple of days out there looking, and uh, we were actually filming for the show. And he was still looking. And they're like, tell us if you find it. And he said, I, I, I think I got to, I think, I think we're on to something. We went out there and actually found it. So, wow, that's which, insane. Which caused a lot of controversy because it's actually like half of it's on Louisiana side and uh-huh. half of it's on the Mississippi side. So then where we left it was them arguing about whose it actually was. But wow. we were like... Maybe we'll do a series on that uh, later, the documentary. I think they should do another episode and, like, really explore yeah, what it's was pretty in wild. the boat or on the boat at the time. That's what yeah. I'm interested mm-hmm. in. I want to hear the story and the history of it. It's interesting to me, mm-hmm. and I've been covering shipwrecks forever because of the Biden presidency. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but I still find this fascinating. I'm on still, point. <laughs> I, I still find it fascinating. Yeah. Oh, man. Everybody needs to go watch. Okay, it's Jason Missy Robertson. They're in studio.
called Duck Family Treasure uh, tonight, 8 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. Uh, I know you know most of the season. Yeah. <laughs> They've heard a lot, yeah. but there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot more. I believe in my count. I read up on, I will tell you this. I, so I read up on 10, I read up on 10 episodes. Yeah. And we, we chose that introductory clip that we played you on to because literally, I thought I misinterpreted what you said. <laughs> I'm like, there's big hose in the backyard. For some got, reason, that is the clip that keeps resurfacing really? over and over again. Oh, that's I'm like, funny. can you play a different well, well, clip? Well, maybe I'm the only one who admitted why. <laughs> well, that was, like, well, was a frisky yeah. show. It was the only scene that was just a pure 100% reenactment of what uh -huh. yeah. what we were going to do. Yeah. I was and, much nicer on this clip than I was in real life. <laughs> that happened in real up. life. I had a six-foot hole, <laughs> and I was digging up trash. Uh -huh. That's now treasure. Because through time, it becomes treasure. Thank you. And she came out, and she actually didn't say a word, but I saw her lip start quivering because I didn't know that we were fixing to ha I lost track of time. Yeah. And we had an event that was fixing to happen. It was actually for my daughter's charity. Our charity. We had yeah, all these the people coming, time. and yeah. I have a four-by-six-foot He's standing hole. in it, in, waist in, deep. And, and I was like, look at all my treasure. <laughs> And she I think just, one tear fell, and I turned around and got in my vehicle yeah. and left. <laughs> I cleaned it up. I think I think it's safe uh, for you to say, Miss, you actually do have two children at home. Oh, I've way more. Yeah, than no, that. but I'm <laughs> just saying in general. I think you can add one to the count here. <laughs> this guy playing with his toys in the yard currently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're excited about this season, and we thank you for coming by and lending fun. some of your radio expertise to the show. Thanks, Believe bro. me, it's 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 nice to have you here to carry it for a little bit. You know, I'm barely scraping by, as oh, you know, right. but. Right. We'll handle it. But uh, the season is tonight at 8 o'clock on the Fox Business Network, Duck Family Treasure. And the spinoff is coming, Duck Family Baggage Claim. You heard it That's here it. first. It's coming. And then we're going to have the masked hunter. We're just going to keep spinning things off. This is what we do. God, rock and roll. Keep up the good work. I'll see you Thank soon. You. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, we're talking about their season of their show and people using phones and everything. And uh, apparently... Uh, they're going to be at the Patriot Awards. I'm going. I did not know that. I'm going down to the Patriot Awards, as you know, and uh, I'll be doing stand up at the Patriot Awards on stage. It's going to be a wild time. There it is, Jason Missy Robertson. Go watch Duck Family Treasure on Fox Nation. It's a winner. Uh, you know who else is a winner? The co-host of America's Newsroom, Dana Perino, who's joining us in the next hour of this special Thanksgiving edition. But wait, there's more. The other co-host. Battle and Bill Hemmer are going to be here as well on a Thanksgiving edition of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go from the greatest country in the world. It is a special Thanksgiving Day edition of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We have stacked the deck with fabulous guests that I am so thankful to call friends on this day and every day. And batting leadoff in this hour. That is a true embarrassment of radio riches. Not only do we have the co-host of America's Newsroom, Bill Hemmer, but joining us now, the other co-host of America's Newsroom, 
the great Dana Perino. She answers the question on every American's mind. Did the Bush family give out raisins at Halloween? <laughs> I, bet, I bet they did not. <laughs> Dana Perino is here to clear her good name. Uh, they, did yeah. you even get into Halloween candy? I don't think you did. Uh, no. So, well, with the with the President Bushes, Bush, yes. you know, he like he, what did he like? He he did like a chocolate. Okay. Yeah, a chocolate, and I'm trying. Oh, Butterfingers. They used to have they used to have like the mini Butterfingers mm -hmm. on Air Force One. That's a winning candy. That's though. a good one. But he also he loved um, M and M's and Hershey Kiss. Okay, but I'm just really throwing to that reference to let you clear your good name because yesterday on America's Newsroom, yeah. you did admit on the air to something you had previously told me off the air is that the Perinos had one year where they gave out the raisins? Well, we would have a variety of candy. Okay, that's fair. And within the variety was the, the mini box of sun-made raisins. Okay. Remember the red one? <laughs> I mean, yes. that's embarrassing, but I have a very clear memory of having that. And I loved raisins. And now as an adult, learning more about nutrition, it really is just candy. All it, it is is sugar. There's Nobody so much... should just be eating raisins. Yeah, the raisin is not your friend. Who, who, who puts a box of raisins in a kid's lunchbox anymore? That's what we lived on. There's a reason those California raisins were dancing to herd it to the grapevine and all those commercials. They were jazzed up on yeah, sugar. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. They were hopped up. And I'm glad you cleared that up. But Dana Perino was in studio not to talk about the Perino family Halloween proclivities. We're here to talk about the Bush dynasty for a minute. Now, the thing I mentioned to you off the air that I loved, and obviously you've spent a lot more time around them than I have, is they always had this sense of humility yes. that I think is just a very endearing trait in anyone, but let alone people as successful as they were. Yes. Yeah, so, and this goes way, way back. Uh -huh. um, and if you think about George W. Bush, that's who I worked for. Yep. We call him 43 because <laughs> he's the 43rd president and his dad was 41. Mm -hmm. So 41's mother was considered really one of the sweetest women that anybody had ever known. Yeah. She was tough, though, okay. in one um, aspect in particular, which is that you never took credit. You had to share the credit. You would be the first to admit a mistake and apologize. And there was this one story I remember where we were talking about how sometimes it was hard to get 41 or 43 to talk about themselves. You know, most politicians, uh, yeah. they know they have to me, talk me, about me, themselves. Me, yeah, yeah, that's the game. And it was hard, especially with 41, it was difficult. And he told this story about when he was a little kid, he'd come home from a baseball game, and he was a very good uh -huh. baseball player. And his mother would say, how did the team do, George? And he said, I scored three home runs. She said, I didn't ask you how you did. I asked you how did the team do, wow. George. Mm -hmm. And that it was a lesson that he learned early on. And then, of course, he passes that on to his children and down the line. So, yeah, the Bushes were not the sports star who winds up being so self-absorbed they talk in a third person. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, 41 had three hits. <laughs> 41 had a good game in the outfield. No, she kept them humble. But, I, again, I always think that there's nothing more endearing than a person, no matter how accomplished they are, remaining accessible. Because I think when it comes to making decisions, and yeah. I'm going to bring that up because I read 43's book, Decision Points, okay. after he left the office. The first chapter is about why he quit drinking. Mm -hmm. But I found it so fascinating because it was so relatable. And to be the president of the United States and for me to be sitting there at the time I was in the Dallas airport waiting for a connection and reading that chapter, I was like, wow, I can connect with this. Do you think that was actually their superpower? Well, I do believe that because, for example, 43 would know that coming into the Oval Office, that's a that's a heavy thing. It's right? a big one. And it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he'd want to do is make everybody feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And most politicians do this. Yeah. I would say most successful politicians. Okay. They have a way of being able to say, oh, come on in. I'm just like you. And if you think about like the, the the little nicknames he would give people, yeah, right. Or and part of it was a way to remember names, uh -huh. but another way was to make you feel comfortable. So oh, if you got a true? nickname, you were in. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And he called you Coors Light. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a good just, one. Just because she was from Colorado, nothing to do with it. He called Carl. 
turd blossom. <laughs> and I often, I got called Sweet Dana. That Aww. was a good one. No, that can work. I mean, yeah. turd blossom is not the kind of nickname that makes you think you're in. No. I got to be honest. You don't think you're in, but I, I don't doubt he was in. Yes, yes. And the, but, he, but he would make everyone feel very comfortable. Or you think about, you know, he painted um, this uh, portraits of wounded warriors. Mm -hmm. He knows all of them personally. Uh, oh, wow. And all of them have a little nickname, a little special wow. moment with him. Yeah. So, so okay, having worked in the Bush White House for 43, mm -hmm. uh, when you're hosting this first episode of American Dynasty, did you learn anything about the Bushes having done this? Oh, well, I, I, I'm constantly learning really? things. Really? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I do know a lot, but mm. I'm always amazed by... Just some of the, um, the willingness to be looking for humor in all mm -hmm. things, right? They're Especially self-deprecating humor. That's true. They're Can funny. I tell you something that is not in the show? Oh, I would love this. I'm just going to tell us. Nobody listens, right? <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> okay. I heard this story just last night. I was at the Points of Light Foundation. Okay. And I heard the story about George H.W. Bush, 41, giving a speech at the Al Smith dinner. Okay. Now. 43 had been scheduled to give the speech, mm -hmm. but something happened in the world, and he couldn't do it. Okay. So the cardinal, Cardinal O'Connor, that was before Cardinal Dolan, calls 41 directly. Like, sir, he had already turned it down through a staffer. Then the cardinal calls directly. 41 picks up the phone. Of course, he's going to say yes, right? Mm -hmm. So he says yes. And now, the, the Al Smith dinner is one where you're supposed to be he, a, yeah. an attempt at humor. Yes. Okay. It's like a roast. So... 41 is no longer in office, 43 is president, and he starts telling this story about how he had gone to San Francisco and there was a pro-choice rally protesting him, okay? And his the limo drives up and there's this woman that says, get your hands out of my womb. Uh -huh. And she thrusts it at the limo. Mm -hmm. And apparently she wasn't that attractive. <laughs> and the president said, no problem. <laughs> And he tells this story to the Al Smith Dinner, which is a Catholic organization, yeah. and brings it down the house. <laughs> Dude, if you can tell pro-life material at the Al Smith, <laughs> I mean, which is not easy to do, uh, that's epic stuff. You know, the pro-life stuff doesn't always go over the best here in New York, but at the Al Smith, at it Smell would. Smith, it, it really did. It went it well. So I always love that about them. And um, That's fascinating. Also, the, I'll tell you just one other story that mm -hmm. is special to me. I remember being in the in my office as a White House press secretary, and I was on the phone with Carl Rove. Mm -hmm. And I heard a commotion outside in my, in outside like where my assistant sat, and I wasn't sure who it was. And then I heard the voice, and I said, oh, Carl, I got to go, and I hung up. I said, oh, Mr. President, I didn't know you were coming by, and it was 41. Mm -hmm. And I said, I said, I'm sorry, I was on the phone with Carl Rove. And he said, oh, I love a name dropper. <laughs> I just came from George, H George W. Bush's Oval Office, <laughs> and... But you know what he came over to say? Uh, he came in my office for just a moment, and he, he said, I wanted to express my gratitude for all you do for my son. Oh, wow. And put it like a special moment, right? Yeah. Like In terms of leadership, it's a good way for mm. me to think about how do you keep a team going? Yeah. How do you keep them motivated, feeling good, but also feeling like they want to mm -hmm. put in 110% yeah. every day? No, I think it's amazing. I, I, and I love that about HW. I read that note that he famously left for Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And again, more of that same pro-American humility that I think we could all use. And a that was a more. tough letter to write, right? I mean, people yeah. forget that he was, you know, he felt yeah. humiliated in front of the mm -hmm. country. I would say one other thing about this show. Mm -hmm. The Bushes did not like to be referred to as a dynasty. They didn't. It was their, they just could not stand it. So for example, let's just compare. There's another family in this series, the Kennedys. Yes. And the grandfather, Joseph Kennedy, mm -hmm. like, he actually had a whiteboard 
or the old-fashioned version, <laughs> and he would basically, okay, this son's going to do this, and this son's going to do that, and this... And the oldest son died in World War II. Yeah. So then it was JFK. He became the one who was going to become president. On the vision board. Right now. That's why. If you you read yeah. Decision Points, yeah. 43 was basically let, let to go and sow his wild oats, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he comes to his dad, says he was going to do go into oil, and then uh-huh. he's going to run for office. The first time he says he's going to run for office, his family's not that. You're like, I don't know. They're like, I don't know they're going to win. And he lost his first race. Yep. Right? And. That was that was humbling and an important thing for him. So they did not like to be called a dynasty. They do really focus on giving back to others. And 41 said the three best words that you can say to anybody in a situation where there's trouble is I can help. Oh, that's awesome. That's where you got a thousand points of light. Thank you. Dana Perino is in studio uh, shedding some of that light on the Bush dynasty. American dynasty, the first episode, uh, premieres Tuesday. Uh, It airs Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on the FBN network. Well, there are a lot of people out there trying to build dynasties. Let's do some news of the day really quickly. I got you here. Uh, I saw a fellow by the name of Charlie Crist on America's Newsroom this morning. I watched you and Hammer interview him. Um, he did tell you he thought he scored a knockout punch over Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I think the refs might have scored the fight differently than he did. Yeah, you know, he but has a politics. different view of yeah. <laughs> how things went. And you know, th- one of the things he really focused on last night is he, you know, he thinks that people are not going to vote for Ron DeSantis to be governor because he might because DeSantis might choose to run for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. That In the history of politics, yes. I actually don't know if that has ever worked. Ever. And I'll give you an example. George mm-hmm. W. Bush ran for re-election mm-hmm. in 1996, 97, mm-hmm. uh, wins re-election, and then went on to run for president right then. I mean, it does happen. It's natural. Yeah. And DeSantis is a very popular governor. Yes. So, of course, he's traveling the country to help other Republicans. And if DeSantis, if Chris was in the same position, and I'm sure when he was a Democratic governor, yeah. he did the same thing. Or was he Republican at the time? I, I was going to say, I, I mean, bo- he's gone I believe back you and asked forth. him. You've run for like 71 different things. Oh, so, yeah, so I wanted to point out. I said, so you... You've run in the last 34 years, uh-huh. you've run in 16 elections. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that if you were to win this gubernatorial race, mm-hmm. his name automatically would go to the top of a possible presidential run because yep. the Democrats are desperate for anybody yes. who might be able to win statewide in yep. a state like Florida? Of course, yeah. And, and like, would he rule it out? And he said, yes, of course, but that's an easy answer for him because he's... Very likely to lose. Yeah, there's no chance we're going to win this thing. When you look at the numbers on how Latinos are moving towards DeSantis, and I saw his attempt to cover that, Mm -hmm. which was, well, the Martha's Vineyard stunt, but recent polling says they were on board with Martha's Vineyard, if only because it brought attention to the problem. Right. So I think, so right now in Florida, Latinos are supporting DeSantis 51 to 44 Mm -hmm. uh, over Christ. Okay. I think that there are some Venezuelans that Mm -hmm. um, are immigrants in Florida that did not like I don't doubt the that. the move to send um, some of the migrants to Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. but I do think that's a handful. Yeah, I also believe that many people understand what DeSantis was trying to do was not to harm them. Yeah, of course. He was absolutely trying to help his fellow governors to try to get the administration to pay attention to an issue. So what happened? The administration did start to pay attention. Yep. The media started to pay attention, but not to the border crisis. No. They're only focusing on this flight to Martha's Vineyard. It's very telling. It's so crazy because if you look at the data they dumped Friday night, which is also Mm. telling... The 11 p.m. Yeah, 11. I never put out a press release at 11 p.m. on <laughs> a Friday night. I'll tell you that. Let me ask I might have been tempted. <laughs> well, they always, I, I was traditionally told like 5 p.m. on a Friday meant it was bad news. What is 11 p.m.? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I did that was terrible one time. I put out a press release. It was it was news that was 
it wasn't uh, bad news, but it was going to get a lot of negative yeah. coverage. I put out a press release, an announcement um, on the Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone's in the That's even shopping. worse than Friday at 11 p.m. Wow, a Trojan horse press and release. And that's before social media. So, you know, basically you had to get hard copy to come in and cover it. <laughs> I love that story. That's pretty bad. I, I actually am, this is confession. Uh-huh. I feel bad about We've it. We've so got a lot out of to this. Atone. Listen, most people are still holding on to the raisin story. I got to be honest. It was, a, it was a major point of contention on yesterday's show. It's bad. But, but I absolved you for that because if you're giving away candy in a variety understand that part of the variety is yes you're going to get an occasional person who likes raisins not a lot but the point is there were other offerings can you imagine kids like in our neighborhood would go home and just like throw those raisins in the trash can <laughs> well i grew up in like where i was in levittown you know i was in the era where it became fashionable to like egg each other and shaving cream each other on halloween yeah. that would have ended bad for a raisin house did you have like bad weather on halloween uh, here and there oh yeah. we did like mm-hmm. we would have big massive blizzard snowstorms i just remember every costume i ever had which we got at target you know yeah. the, and the ones with the plastic mask yeah, yeah, had barely, all like, yeah. and it, was, like, it was like so steamy <laughs> under there but every costume i had i'd have to wear my ski jacket over it yeah no we had a lot of those and that thin thin rubber band that held that mask on with the two staples oh, it hurt so bad yeah no it did <laughs> it would be glued to whatever character you were like i was superman for a week once because i took the mask off the day after halloween but it was just plastered <laughs> to my face just an imprint like a belt buckle uh one other thing i'll throw at you here in new york uh, i am uh hoping lee zeldin pulls this off I know he's closing, but there's still a gap. I believe the race leans Dem. Do you think there's a world where just enough liberals find Jesus a little late in the service and realize we're being failed by elected leadership? Like for Hochul and Eric Adams to pat an ad this week saying they'll go flood the streets with cops. I got I mean, you get it. I get it. It's ridiculous. Give me a um, okay, so a couple things on this. Dana's rule of thumb is mm. that the last 2% is always very hard to get. Okay. Now, some Democrats might decide to vote for Lee Zeldin, or they might decide not to vote at all. Mm. But I think what you should be encouraged by, if you want Zeldin to win, is how many Republicans in New York never bother voting. Yeah. Because they think, well, my vote's not going to matter anyway. That's a good This point. time, their vote matters. This race is within one. There is a debate. Lee Zeldin ha- ha- is surging at the right time. Yep. And I think it is very possible Could that you he imagine wins. Zeldin, our generation's Pataki? It could, yeah, and he's never, like Gen X, right? Yeah, yeah. Could come back around. Like a Gen X person in office. That'll be amazing. That would be right. Wait, DeSantis, DeSantis must be Gen X. Yes. He technically would qualify. I'm going to put X. Chris. I think Chris is a baby boomer. Yeah, Chris has no chance, by the way. But he'll be running again as a Republican when DeSantis goes <laughs> oh to the White gosh. House. I'm like, I, you, you know what I wanted to ask? Yeah. I told Hammer. Gosh, I'm really, nobody listens, right? <laughs> Give it to me, Perino. Let's I go. I told Hammer. I, I always try to get Hammer to ask the questions that you I You don't want to ask? That I want to ask. Yeah, okay. this is what I do to Greg. I say, hey, Greg, you should say this um, on the five. I said to Hammer, you should ask him how he stays so tan. <laughs> and just see what he says. Listen, if Hammer will say it, I will give away raisins this Halloween. <laughs> okay. And I'll stand by the front <laughs> he door. He didn't do it. Hammer- and then in the commercial break, Hammer goes, oh, I didn't get to ask about the tan. Oh, Hammer. He probably had an Elvis question. He likes his Elvis. He, he gets obsessed you with things. You have no idea. We sent him down a hole last week. We're still talking <laughs> about it. American Dynasty, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on FBN. Check out Dana Perino, the bell of the cable news ball. I'll see you on TV. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fay. I can't fight this eating any longer. My pants have got so tight they're gonna blow. It started out last weekend and grew stronger. And now I got so fat I cannot see my toes. 
about the people's champion Dana Perino who if she was joining us live on this Thanksgiving episode would be the first one to tell you that if you wanted to hang out with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon you can still get tickets to see me down in Oklahoma City on Friday December 9th Saturday December 10th I'm at the Bricktown Comedy Club in OKC tickets for that at bricktowncomedy.com but wait there's more you can also see me the following weekend out in Fort Wayne Indiana I am at the Summit City Comedy Club tickets for that bad boy Friday night December 16th Saturday night December 17th at summitcitycomedy.com but don't go anywhere Bill Hammer coming back next it's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon you should see the gold chain he's got on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's real. <laughs> the co-host of America's Newsroom, the host of the Hammer Time podcast, Bill Hammer. Back what's in the house. What, hey, man. What's happening, brother? I, when they asked Burrow that question, he said, I make too much money to yes. wear fake diamonds. I believe I've told you this before. <laughs> no, please. That, that was a Cincinnati answer. Okay, in Cincinnati, you go, yeah, the diamonds are real. In New York, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, it's fake. Uh-huh. This is worth nothing. What yeah, are you talking about? Right. You don't plan about the By the way, it's none of your business, all right? <laughs> so keep your hands off of in me. In this town? Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Crazy. I was at the game uh, on Sunday in Ooh, New Orleans. Nice comeback in New Orleans. That was a good time, huh? Yeah, it was kind of a lackluster game, to yeah. be honest with you. I don't think the Saints fans were that into it. There didn't mm-hmm. seem to be a whole lot of good momentum. And no. then, bam, lightning strike. They turned it on. Burrow to chase 60 yards, and the game was over. They look like the Bengals now. They're 3-3. Three and three, Yeah. And they got a fun stretch coming up. You got the Falcons, the I know. Browns, whoa, the whoa, Panthers. Whoa, 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 Don't worry. What whoa, happened? Whoa, what just happened? Whoa, Hammer, whoa, what happened? Whoa. I just... I am. I just feel like Rain Man missed Wapner do, or something. You, I just hit a weird Do you want to explain to your audience what just happened there? What did just happen? I only... Mm-hmm. Concern oh, myself with the next game. With the next game. Oh, I really respect that. I don't that. even know who they play after okay. Atlanta. Okay. Bill Hammer is in studio, and he's got an unhealthy relationship with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> You're just joining us. <laughs> I love it, though. You know, One game at a time. You're a real fan. I'm a real fan, and I want them to do well, and <clears throat> I don't think they should look forward either. Mm-mm. No, and that's a good, especially in this league, well, it's a very good approach. You know, but I knew, I know they played the Browns the following week because mm-hmm. after work that weekend, they asked mm-hmm. me, Hemmer, what, what shift do you want to do? And so I surreptitiously checked out the schedule, and they play on, <laughs> they play on Halloween night, which is the Monday night. Oh, that's so a win. I'm good. You're good, baby. Yeah. I'm flying back from Spokane, Washington that Sunday. Oh, so they better have some TVs on those planes. I don't want to miss a football <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It's either an amazing flight because you got direct TV and all the games, or you right. got nothing. So Spokane, if you're yeah. listening, have you seen the new Elvis film? I have watched some of it, okay. and you know I grew up in a big Elvis house. 
Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Me too. Okay. Uh, and I'm still a fan. Yeah, no, big time. I've been so, to Graceland. I've done it all. That movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. Good so plain the movie. next time you're flying across the country, that's your guy. I, I think it's very interesting. I, I think Boz Lerman put a sign. Well, there's a thing. Yeah. He puts out an, a visual spectacular. Boz Lerman. It's like almost like Baby Einstein. There's just so much bling and swag and shiny yeah. and cool. But I love The King. I was a little thrown in the beginning because Tom Hanks is just always playing Tom Hanks. Mm. So Tom Hanks is the colonel with the weird accent was a little much mm. for me. Mm. But again, I can consume, I mean, scarf down Elvis content like there's no mm. tomorrow. Can I tell you how um, unaware I can be? Mm -hmm. I did not even know that was Tom Hanks. Stop it, Bill Yes. Hammer. That's but I, I don't pay attention to like yeah. the, the roster the of actors. Yeah, you and came stuff. to see the king. I want to see what uh, I was see what kind of a story is he going to tell, and, mm -hmm. I, and then like sometimes he'll break into cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What I is know. this? But I, I tell you, <laughs> the single best scene mm -hmm. I believe in that whole film. Give it to me. Was when Elvis was thirteen or fourteen, and he went into the revival tent, mm -hmm. and he got the sh he has the shot coming yep. down from above, mm -hmm. and it's really well done. The spirit consumes him. Gobbles up the king. He used that scene twice in the movie, yeah, he too. Because the they come back to it. And yes. he'll never, you know. Good, Jimmy. You're never good, the same. Man. I get, you know what? I'm like, I, I, well, who are you, Lundquist? <laughs> I mean, you're sitting in front of the goal. I can't get a shot by you. Yeah, stop it, Hammer. Bill <laughs> Hammer the best. I want you to know this, man. Uh, we, not only did I grow up in a big Elvis house, but when I took my, I've been to Graceland a few times, but when I took my mom and my Aunt Fran, they set off the alarm on the Lisa Marie, the plane. Because my mom jumped in his bed. I was like, I was in Elvis's bed. And then I got tased by like a guy with a cattle prod. <laughs> got roughed not, up. Not true. No, no, but they did. An alarm did go off. It's There's an, an alarm on the bed on the did, plane. Your mom she did. She sat on the bed because yeah. she wanted to get a picture on the bed. She was that lady. But again, her, my aunt that grew up watching Elvis, I can't imagine. If I was a yeah. teenage girl watching Elvis, now I'm at his house. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Elvis is the man. So I have just really quick, before we get into some yes. grown-up stuff. Yeah. Actually, I think more people would rather hear about Elvis than the midterms at this point. I have watched um, all of those Elvis documentaries. That's the way it is. Obviously, the Aloha from Hawaii special. Mm -hmm. But I just really quick want to give you this. Uh, if you don't have this at your disposal, Elvis recorded what a lot of people consider to be the greatest live album of all time. But it didn't get the critical acclaim it deserved. It's it actually taped at Madison Square Garden. Whoa. It's called Elvis, An Afternoon in the Garden. Whoa. And he taped it in 1973, and he did a matinee. It's like a 1 o'clock show on a Saturday. Wow. But just burnt it to the ground. Like his vocals, never better. Mm -hmm. Never better. It precedes uh, Aloha from Hawaii. It does. But it's better. Sa same year. It's it's. Epic. It is Sorry. so good. On the timeline, did MSG come before the Aloha concert? Yes. Wow. That did. Big beat, year. Beat it by a little bit. And now <laughs> stick with me. Yeah. Because this is when MSG's getting going it. with Let's go down the Ali rabbit Frazier hole. fights are happening. I mean, mm -hmm. what a wild time to be at MSG. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, you know, the marquee in that era, because it was the Mecca of boxing, the Knicks were good in that era. But just Elvis, you, people don't even know it's a thing. He snuck in on a Sunday, just a Sunday. Did one show, wow. burnt it down. You could watch the press conference on YouTube. It's outrageous. Cause really? He, he showed up, he's wearing brown suede, like a movie star jacket, not like an Elvis jumpsuit, like a movie star jacket with a big collared shirt. Cause he had a long neck, so we mm. like to distract from the neck length thing. <laughs> uh, oh but he, gosh, was, you know. he was wearing like a belt. A, like a, a belt belt. Like he uh -huh. looks like he stole it from Tyrus. Like he's wearing a big belt. Wow. And it's so, he, it's as badass as he's ever looked. And it's the beginning 
of the taking care of business classes. The very beginning, they're starting to work their way into the rotation now. Because you understand in that era, he's into jumpsuits. They've got rhinestones. Yeah, yeah. But he's only like a year removed from like plain jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's trying to get his black belt karate. Mm -hmm. And then he took it a step further. So no, there's some good Elvis out right, there. So I've, got, I've got a great Halloween costume for you. Oh, give it to me. And I own it. Oh. It's Elvis Presley in the outfit he wore in 1973 Stop. in Hawaii. Stop it. Oh, yeah. That's a whole Oh, white run. head to toe, big V-neck, <laughs> open collar. You know what's amazing? I, I got the rings. This is a funny I thing. I got the wig. Oh, have I, I and when this. you walk down a street in Greenwich Village, everybody goes, Elvis. And people are, <laughs> it's the people are happy. It's the king. But you know what? Here's the thing, Hammer. I want you. I want to give you some poetic yep. license here, okay? You might be the one guy who would impersonate Elvis that could impersonate young, skinny Elvis. You see, what most people do is they impersonate the Elvis you described because yeah, uh, you don't have to be in shape for it. <laughs> so every Elvis impersonator, you impersonate fat Elvis. It's so what gig. you could do is you could do Elvis in the round 1968. Oh, the, the comeback co special. Comeback, yeah. You know, in my office, you've never seen it. I have a monster picture of him in the leather. Is monster. that right? Yeah, I like stars. I like hell, star power. Hell of a show, oh, it's huh? the best one. What, there are 50 people around that and stage? And they just murder it. Yeah. So they do two versions of the song, Baby, What Do You Want? want me to do uh -huh. and the second one which is on the album it's on the cd but it's not on a live broadcast is a jam and it's really intense and he sounds so mean with real music you know superiority behind him because they weren't in like the movie medley phase then you know they were yeah. singing what eddie murphy made fun of him for you know yeah. every movie with elvis you just tell him what to do and he sings yeah we gotta win this race elvis we gotta <laughs> win this race that whole thing <laughs> this is just good elvis that's and it's so good Hammer. I'm, I'm gonna get you these albums that's uh, okay? so good can i give you one more story yeah give it to me so there is an interview that Bob Dylan did at the Chelsea Hotel in 1969 with Jan Wenner. And Jan's got a website. You can go find... Uh, he transcribed every interview he did with every rock and roll music legend. One of them was Bob Dylan. He chased him for three years, finally got the interview. It lasts an hour. The transcript runs forever. It will complete your flight from New York to Spokane. Whoa! Trust me. That's the one. At the very end of the interview, he asked him about Elvis. Really? <clears throat> and um, I'm trying to... I'm paraphrasing now. Mm -hmm. Has he ever recorded any of your music? Mm -hmm. And Dylan says, one song. And he said, what song is that? And he said, tomorrow is a long time. Wow. And he did it in one take. Wow. And I encourage you I on Spotify. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find it's it. It's an amazing version. No, I'm going to find it. Bill, Bill Hammer comes to your show, you get homework. But it's good homework. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Even if it's a Friday, you're happy to yeah. have homework on the weekend. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Elvis polling incredibly well. <laughs> uh, Democrats not polling well. So Nancy Pelosi, you guys had, I know you got into this on Newsroom at some point. She rejects the polls. Is that where we're at now? Uh, pretty much. Um, We've been talking about this thing, how they're running a confidence scheme. There's three weeks out and they're just yeah. like, no, no, it's working. Yeah, I don't look, know that it's working. I, I don't look. I just, here's what I'll say, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I just think elections have a way of crystallizing the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get this big buildup. The pregame's massive. We've been doing it for months. We're going to mm -hmm. do it for sure for 20 more days. Mm -hmm. And then people vote. You see the results. And the next day, usually the next day, you say to yourself, oh, well, that makes sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. I get it. And I think, based on all accounts, mm -hmm. that we're going to wake up on November 9th and say, oh, well, that makes sense. Yep. Because I would challenge you. Mm -hmm. I said to Dana this morning, commercial break. Mm. I said, can you name three things that are better now than there were two years ago? Mm. I said, I'll spot you one, COVID. Okay. Because we're doing better. Yeah, we are. Fair. Give me two more. And nobody's got it. I mean, even on COVID, what's funny 
is they're, mean, they're undermining that progress by keeping yeah. states of emergency in play. But you're right that you can't name two I mean, It's, it's can hard. What can you really I, name? I don't know. And we're and being objective, you know. Nothing. Trying. I mean, I, again, unless you're profiting off of the trafficking of things at the border, you're the only one who's benefiting. Yeah, as a member of a cartel. Yeah. Yeah, you're running a cartel. You're Christmas like, four more Day. years. <laughs> Let's oh go. My God. They're God. rejecting the polls, too. Uh, there like, you go. Say it ain't so, so, so I mean, if you're asking me about what's going to happen, I'm not going to answer it because I don't know. Okay. That's why you vote. But my sense is that all signs point in the same direction. Yep. It does look that way. We're talking to Bill Hemmer in studio. Uh, self-styled Elvis in person. I don't call you impersonator. I mean, it's, mm. you know, it's beyond some guys in part, you know, in white. No, men, actually, you just blew me away. No, with your Elvis knowledge. Well, I know the king, man. I could talk to you about. I, the but king. that was, but your specifics were excellent. Well, I'm, uh, and I, I thought I was okay. No, no, you're good. But you're you know, great. you're you're nine out of ten. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm really, treading around a six and a half. <laughs> well, really quick, uh, Elvis's favorite singer, Sam Cooke. The late great oh, Sam yeah. Cooke. He I loved can, Sam Cooke. I can believe that. Love the Stamps. Shot quartet and killed at age 33, yeah, he did. He I was young. He was How young. about the circumstances about that? The man. Went to trial. Uh -huh. The woman was acquitted. Yeah. She had the gun behind the counter and shot him. Uh-huh. And got, a I mean, naked man running through the hotel <laughs> it's, lobby. It's a lot, man. Wow, what talent. You want another good live album? Please. All right, Sam Cooke live at the Copacabana. Uh, as good of a live album as there Miami is. Is that Miami or is that Cuba? Now, now he was at, no, he was at the Copacabana in New York. That's his album oh, here. Roger. But now he has another album that's in Florida that you might be thinking of when you say Miami. Um, Sam Cooke at the Harlem Square Club. Sounds like it would be in Harlem, New York, but it's actually in Florida. And that's like a burn it down to the ground. Whoa. It's the best thing you've ever wow. heard. It's better than the Elvis. Album and in fairness, it's that good. And I love, Woo. you know, I love the king. No, no, I'll, I'll send you home with some. If you're gonna give me homework, I'll give you homework. Hammer. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're on the inside here. I dig it. Sam Cook, uh, Copa Cabana, it's live at the Copa. It's live called. at the Copa or Sam Cook live at the Harlem Square Club. This that, is 1960. Uh, yeah, let me let me get this right. Uh, the Harlem Square Club, I believe, is 60, uh -huh. 62. It's like yeah. right in there. I'll look it up, but uh, it's it's outrageously good. And the, yeah. what's amazing is the production value and their ability to capture clean sound uh -huh. at that time is yeah, it's pretty epic. good. It's it's yeah. good. We'll get into it. Let me throw this one more at you then. Yeah. Okay, because we were talking about this. The Washington Post ran an op-ed today that I wanted to run by you. Okay. Basically, what they said, and this is the the you know the gist of it, is that the Democrats failed to make 2022 about threats to democracy, meaning they thought they were going to be able to run on. January 26th, and they didn't quite thread that January needle. January 6th. Yes, that's yeah. what I meant. Uh, and they and they quite they didn't quite thread that needle. That's interesting. Um, but I see what I read about that. Okay, is you know they're basically trying to make the case that people don't care enough about January 6th as they do about things like inflation, which I would argue is true. But I don't think the Democrats have had a central message. I think it's gone. It's pivoted. I think yeah. it went from abortion. Bit of a ping pong. Yeah. Then it went to MAGA. It was MAGA fascism yeah, for mean, like three weeks. Do you yeah. remember that? I mean, what? Well, listen. Um, I mean, you remember when Bill Clinton was president, everybody said that he was just dealing with the focus groups told him. I mean, yeah. that was that was pretty common. And mm -hmm. for a, an, an extensive liberal media, I would suggest yeah. that mm -hmm. he's, he's just got his finger up in the air and trying to figure out which way the wind blows. Yep. I, I think this administration is a little bit by, like yeah. that. I don't know what their inter internal polling tells them about mm -hmm. what's hot gas prices or the strategic petroleum reserve or um, abortion. But I will tell you, Jimmy, I, I'm a child of cable news. Mm -hmm. And I sit in my office on the 21st floor of this building. And I've got all the channels on, the little mm -hmm. quad box there, like you do yeah, right here. And I am still amazed by how many segments every hour CNN and MSNBC do 
on Donald Trump. Yes, it's stunning. It really blows me away. It's stunning. Because, I, you know, look, if he declares his candidacy, it's relevant. Yeah, it makes but, sense. But, you know, he's not in the game. And mm. so long as he's not in the game, why don't you cover the stories that we're kind of on today? It's, and they don't have the guts to do the border. No, they'll never touch it. Um, I mean, it's few and far between when you see a story on, on immigration, mm-hmm. um, unless you're flying people to Martha's Vineyard. I just, I yeah. think it's certain tone deafness. And if you're asking me the question... Mm about what the Biden team is thinking, I, I would say that they are more aligned with them yeah. and their thought than reality. They are. It's funny It's funny that you say that, but it's almost like we have CNN's the president in a weird way in terms of their messaging. They're, it's, they're doing a bad job. So here's the question then. Mm-hmm. If, if it is a shellacking as it was in 2010, Barack Obama's mm-hmm. words, 50, 63 house seats gone, mm-hmm. um, does he pivot and does he change policy? And there are people who say, absolutely, you have to, and other people saying, nope. This is the problem. The far left wing of the party wants no part of changing anything. But he, I think, is going to shoulder the burden for this. Even though nobody's campaigning with him, if they lose in a landslide, they're going to put it on him and push him out the door. That's what I think. I don't, I, I know. Well, they've people, tried. I they, know, they've I gotten know. him close to the ledge, and he's been defiant. And you know what my theory is? My thinking is that he's waiting to see what Trump does. Yeah, and man. if Trump gets in, Biden's not going to get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to go in there with a crane. Oh, man. A Trump 20, uh, Biden 2024 rematch. In the words of Elvis, I think we need to reconsider, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that we needed a sequel, <laughs> but we might get one. Hammer, last question, and this yes, is the sir. only question anybody cares about. The Bengals, we take it one game at a time. Uh-huh. They're laying six yeah. over the Falcons. Got it. Laying six at home. Uh, Marcus Mariota is the quarterback for Atlanta. I think he had a pretty good game mm-hmm. yes, last did. weekend. Yes, did they did. beat the Packers? No, the Jets beat the Packers, the 49ers. Uh, yeah. thank yep. They beat the 49ers. Yep. Good team, right? Yep. Grappling with the quarterback. Team, man. So I guess my question for you is, is Atlanta good or do we know yet? Because my theory on the whole yep. NFL season is you got to wait three games to know. Yep. Well, now we're five, six games in. Mm-hmm. Is Atlanta good? They're overachieving. I think by everyone's account, they are overachieving. Have they played anyone? People thought leave. Well, the 49ers are legit. I mean, I think yeah. people thought Matt Ryan leaving was the beginning of some type of a rebuild, but they've been more competitive than anybody anticipated. Uh, I Listen, you know what I would do here? I, I would watch it as a fan. I'd, I'd hate to see are Elvis. You sit it out. Yeah, you see, just I don't watch gamble, it. I so you're asking no, the I'm wrong talking to my cat. fans. I'm talking to my fans. I, 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 don't, oh, gotcha. I don't want my fans to have to sell their blue suede shoes because yeah. they follow the Bengals off the legend of Lena. So much of this league is built around the last possession of the game. Yep. I think six points is a lot. Yep. So that's that's. But home. I'm just, I'm not looking for the points, man. I'm looking. <laughs> I am looking for the W. Thank you. Thank you. Just wants to. We just wants to win the damn game. Just win, win the damn win game. The damn game. The great Bill Hammer. Win and move. Thank you, Jimmy. Here in his rhinestones. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bill Hammer just left us moments ago. Kind of geeked out on Elvis for a little while, and then we talked about the midterms. Nancy Pelosi saying, "No, no, Democrats got this. We're gonna win." <laughs> Listen, whatever Elvis was supposedly ingesting in the last days of his life, I'm not talking about the three pounds of bacon he was eating a day. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Hey, that could have been aimed for Elvis. That could have been aimed for me, the way I eat. But uh, whatever the pills were, whatever the hallucinatory substances the king was on, uh, Pelosi might have raided the old pill cabinet upstairs at Graceland, where they don't let you upstairs there. I mean, it's probably because he's still alive and he just lives up there. Uh, but one way or the other, uh, we're going to get back into this midterm nonsense and Biden's decision to release more strategic energy reserves. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Desperate and stupid when we come back. 
from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Lacing them up for a big third hour in this Thanksgiving Day episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We stack the deck today. It was Thanksgiving. We have a lot of great guests to be thankful for on this program, and we wanted to share them with you on this fine day with the midterms playing such a pivotal role in all four in our I'll say this in English with the midterms with the midterms is what I meant to say. Do you speak in English? Yes, I do. With the midterms playing such a pivotal role in the fall broadcast slate here on Fox Across America, we decided to highlight some of the candidates and joining us now to bat lead off a man who won going away his Senate race in the Buckeye state of Ohio. It is the great J.D. Vance. Really quick, uh, before I get going, my wife, just so you know, uh, my wife is from Wapakoneta, up the road from you on Route 75, where you grew up. Sure. So plenty of, of Kings Island. I might have cut you in line at Kings Island. We might have, you know, made a, made a ran into you at Cedar Point at some point. There, I do have a little history in the Buckeye State. Okay, good, good. A, yeah, no, we're big Kings Island people. And uh, Wapakoneta, isn't that the, the home of Neil Armstrong? Yes, it is, my man. Yeah, is, yeah. So you know, I've, you drive past and you actually see the the space museum yeah. right from the highway. It's amazing because really quick. Uh, I know we have grown up stuff to get into, but when you see what they actually went to the moon in, it was basically like a dishwasher. They like basically went, went an appliance to the moon. It's tiny. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's a, it's amazing that we did it. And you know, frankly, I wonder uh, just how bureaucratic things are these days. If we could even get back, if we tried. I hope. I hope the answer is yes. Yeah, But I worry a little bit that we've lost something in this country in the last 50 years. Well, I mean, I think that's the concern. I, and I, I think that's the crux of, you know, your great book, Hillbilly Elegy. And I just wanted to ask you this as someone who's running, you know, as a Republican in Ohio. Uh, Ohio voters are very reasonable people. But politics have been nationalized in a way that obviously every race is getting shoehorned under this same national discourse of all Republicans seem to be under attack. Like, they're caught. have you ever thought of a world where they'd attack the voter? Like, we're used to politicians being called names but isn't it a little weird that they're actually calling voters fascists uh it's really weird in fact this is one of the crazy things that happened after 2016 is there was this very brief period where the media was trying to understand you know where did donald trump come from let's try to understand his voters that was you know by the way one of the reasons why my book did so well in the immediate aftermath of the 2016 election and that lasted for like maybe a month and then the narrative was, well, either these people were duped by Russian propaganda, right? The Russians stole the election, or they're all racist and fascist and evil. And it was kind of crazy how people, you know, the, the media didn't just flip, like you said, against one candidate or one president. They flipped against the entire segment of the country that elected him. I've never seen anything like that. And as, you know, as, as a political, you know, hopefully a, a future political leader, but certainly a guy running for office right now, like even if I felt – that I didn't like some segment of the population. I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. But even if I wasn't, you know, just basic self-preservation. Don't insult half the people you want to vote for you. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre strategy. We're talking to J.D. Vance. Uh, but you talk about an unforced error, but in their worldview, this actually makes sense. But I think part of the reason it does, too, I think there's two things in play. I think, one, they're slandering voters because they'd rather run against voters than run on their record. Like, if we were going to talk about things Tim Ryan has voted for uh, in terms of his parallels between him and Joe Biden, 
I don't know that they are the priority of people in Ohio, whether we're talking about something as crazy as student loan forgiveness or even trying to pass climate change under the guise of deficit reduction. I mean, you know and I know if climate change is as important to the American people as they say it is, uh, they don't pass a climate change bill under a different name. If I had a bill called free beer and pizza, I could get it passed under that name because free beer and pizza would be pretty popular, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's here, here's the thing that I really dislike about what Joe Biden is likely to do in this speech and what he's been doing mm -hmm. in his entire administration the last couple of weeks. So you look at the country and you say, OK, when was the last time America won a major war? Well, mm -hmm. it's been a long time. Uh, the life expectancy of this country has gone down substantially in the last few years. People are actually dying sooner than they were a generation before. And, and, and yes, some of that's from COVID, but a lot of that's, by the way, from the fentanyl that Joe Biden is allowing to pour across the U.S. southern border. Um, we have serious, serious problems in the country. And I don't know what leader looks at America and says, you know, the problem is that voters are pissed off, not the problem is that we have failed. Yeah. And, and th this is a really deeply corrupt thing that our leadership is doing is the country has not done well the last 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, think about this. In 30, 40 years, like China was, 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 was an agrarian society. Nobody really cared that much about it. Mm -hmm. Now it's the preeminent economic rising power. Our leaders have really screwed up, and that's why people are angry. It's not because they're fascists. It's not because they're bad people. They're angry because the country that they love uh, is not nearly as safe and secure and prosperous as it was. That's a problem for leadership to solve, not to attack their own voters over. And it's true. It's funny. It's like, how dare you get mad at us for running your quality of life into the ground? We've got to go to anger management. You're like, no, how about not run the quality of life into the ground? We're talking to J.D. Vance exactly. from the great state of Ohio. Um, you know, when I hear somebody talking about a battle for the soul of our nation, it brings me back to that was the message in the in the previous election. And I don't know how you pay a bill if you win the battle for the soul of our nation. I don't know how you lower fentanyl overdose deaths. And, and I don't think they do either. And that's the frustration is it's not a quantifiable thing. You know, we're winning the battle for the soul. That's no one's concern right now. And I think that's the bigger frustration. But let me get you a take on a few things. OK, you run against Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan is a guy who likes to tell you he's all for middle class tax cuts. But if we just expanded the size of the IRS, I think it's pretty reasonable to say the middle class is going to get audited because we're 60 percent of the tax base. So did he, in essence, just put another bullseye on the back of the middle class or is there an explanation for this? Well, certainly he did. And, you know, Tim Ryan's entire problem is that he's a fake moderate. Yeah. Uh, his voting record is 100 percent with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. He is, is a lockstep liberal Democrat, and yet in his TV commercials in the state of Ohio, he pretends that he's some sort of, like, independent conservative. You wouldn't even know that he was a Democrat based on his TV commercials. You're right about this middle-class tax cut issue because it's the entire centerpiece of his campaign. The only thing that he talks about is the need for a middle-class tax cut. And yet Tim Ryan three weeks ago voted for $20 billion of middle-class tax increases backed up, like you said, with 87,000 IRS agents to go after middle-class Ohioans and small businesses all across the state. Like, look, if you really believe in a middle-class tax cut, you're in Congress. You could have voted for one. Instead, you voted for an increase. So maybe stop pretending that you're a fake moderate. Actually own up to your voting record and let the people of Ohio decide if they want to send a rubber stamp for Joe Biden to the U.S. Senate. 
Talking to J.D. Vance. Uh, he is, of course, running for Senate in Ohio on the Republican ticket. And let me ask you this about the Democrats, because I agree with Ryan. In, in terms of your assessment of Tim Ryan and taxes, it's every one of them. They love raising taxes because they love spending money. You can't support one and not the other. There's no way to pull it off. So it's, you know, I won't belabor the point. But do you, even this pivot on police, I find this very disingenuous because there was such an anti-cop vitriol everywhere in our country in the summer of 2020. And now that it's become politically expedient to say, hey, maybe the cops aren't all a bunch of Klan members, Biden pretends he supports the cops. But do you find that to be opportunistic? Is that driven by the polls or is it driven by, uh, you know, genuine empathy? Oh, it's 100 percent driven by the polls. We have to remember that Joe Biden explicitly came out. Tim Ryan, mm -hmm. they also came out for stripping police officers of qualified immunity, which would make their job impossible, much more expensive, much more dangerous. Mm -hmm. So these guys really went after the police in the wake of the George Floyd killing. And what they've realized is that people just aren't there. And so they're trying to rein this in as much as they possibly can. I mean, look, the, the, the violent crime statistics in this country are crazy. I mean, for 40 years, pretty much my entire life, we've had less and less violent crime year after year. And that really reversed a couple of years ago. And, of course, you know, the, the, most of that violent crime falls on people in our poorest communities, in, in our toughest neighborhoods. And, and I think that the Democrats realize this is a political loser, so they're backtracking on it. But we really can't let them do this. American cities are violent because the Democrats failed a leadership test two years ago. We need to hang it around their neck, not allow them to pretend they weren't exactly where they were two years ago. That's a great point, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to really mem memory hole what I, in my adult life, man, I'm 45, uh, it really was the darkest place I've ever seen the country go was burning police stations in the name of some type of progress. I thought it was horrific, man. So, you know, my hope is, you know, obviously I, I would like to see the Republicans take control of things in Washington, but I'd like to see the country get to a place where we could play team ball. I think the biggest challenge we have right now, honestly, man, is there is no incentive to work together because most of this has become a messaging battle where the Democrats are running on, agree with me or you're a racist, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe, so there's no incentive to compromise. And we don't have any legislation passing really with bipartisan support because a lot of it isn't good legislation. Do you think there's any world, okay, you know, in the, in the era of culture wars where you could get into the Senate and actually be productive as opposed to just fighting for headlines because that seems to be the game right now no i i, I think it's possible i mean I, I do think that you know at least on a few issues there are things where democrats and republicans could actually get together and do some do some real legislating uh make some good policy changes you know the the, the problem is you know, the, the activists on the left control so much of the modern Democratic Party. Yep. Like, look, let's say for here's just an example, okay? Democrats, by and large, are very, very worried about climate change. Mm -hmm. And Republicans, by and large, are very, very worried about providing low-cost energy for consumers and for our manufacturing industries. So, 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 so out of that, those two concerns, you could have a piece of legislation that was really pro-Ohio and American natural gas. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could really invest in our nuclear energy, which we haven't really done in 50 years in this country. Uh, so, so there are things that you could get, you could get done, mm -hmm. not by compromising on principles, but by using those principles to accomplish something with other people 
uh, who, who agree with you on a particular issue. But that would require the Democrats to ignore the crazies in their party who think that nuclear energy is the end of the world or that all fossil fuels must be banned. So, yeah, I actually think most most people, Democrat or Republican in our country, are reasonable. I think it's the activists on the left who make a lot of this stuff hard. But, uh, yeah, I do think it's possible to pierce through that even in the climate we live in today. All right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, but, the you know, the bigger issue at this point is 17 points versus Notre Dame. So if you could just start by getting <laughs> – if you can get the Fox Across America listeners a point spread cover Saturday night, you know, your word here is gold going forward. Okay, well, I, I, I think that it's going to be a lot easier to beat Notre Dame by 17 points uh, than it's going to be to fix what's wrong in Washington, but we'll try to do both. <laughs> well, I'll just tell everybody to go all in on Ohio State then. We won't count on Washington. Just bet it all on the Buckeyes. Good call, man. I, I appreciate your time today. Okay, thank you. Take care. Be well. There he goes, J.D. Vance, running for Senate in the great state of Ohio. Says bet it all in on the Buckeyes. I got to tell you, man, 17 points is a high line in the first game of the season. But they're going to be, you know what, they're going to be in the horseshoe. Best damn band in the land. Little script Ohio action. That crowd's going to be revved up. They started drinking yesterday for this game. Okay, I know my Ohio people. Uh, that Come on, man. My got family in Wapakoneta. They've, you know, the 4th Congressional District, that's where Jim Jordan's from. They have natural light coming out of the faucets. The right faucet is Mountain Dew. The left faucet is natural light. Where you live, you probably have hot water, cold water. They don't have that. They don't drink any of that stuff. Now, what are you talking about? It's all Mountain Dew and Natty Lights. Why well, I love them. That's why they're my people. Uh, but J.D. Vance makes a good point outside of all the silly football talk that I'm addicted to. You know, we're at a place in politics where the far left, because they're so vocal, that's the issue. They're so vocal and they wield so much power. I've said this before about the squad. The squad has never passed a meaningful passive, uh, piece of legislation. If you were going to talk about AOC and her most significant accomplishment. AOC is a dope. Fine, but her most significant accomplishment outside of having a big audience when she cooks macaroni and cheese on Instagram. Her most significant accomplishment, for real, for real, is that she killed... Um, literally 10,000 high-paying jobs in her district because she was anti-Amazon, because all she knows about rich people is they're supposed to be evil and corporations don't pay enough in taxes, eat the rich. So she ate the rich, chased Amazon out of her district, and what happened? Her district, which badly needs jobs, which badly needs, you know, maybe more restaurants, more opportunity, more hotel revenue, because you've got these 10,000 Amazon things moving in, uh, Amazon gigs moving in, gets none of it. Because AOC yelled and screamed, and they pushed Amazon out. And again, I'm not a Jeff Bezos fan on any level. But when your most significant accomplishment is killing jobs, you can't get out there with a straight face and tell me your party's the one creating them. That's true. That is true. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up, man. It's a big Thursday. I'm hosting Kennedy tonight. I keep telling you that because I need the ratings. That's why. You can sit on the couch, hang out with your radio buddy, watch me host a TV show. That's insane. Uh, but the other thing I'm talking about, aside from shamelessly promoting my appearances, everybody's like, well, just shut up. We don't care. Uh, but some of you do because some of you are the ones driving this thing, making all of this television growth possible. They wouldn't have me on if people weren't watching. So you guys that are watching, thank you. You guys are partners in this enterprise. I say it all the time. Fox Cross America works because it is our show. I'm not the star. We are cool people who like the country, who like themselves. That's the thing. People on the left right now are calling you fascists because they hate themselves. That's how this works. If they can just convince themselves that you're evil, 
that makes them okay. Bingo. That's that's what they do. That is what goes on. I live in New York. These are the richest people in the world, and they're miserable. And I, I again, there is no correlation between wealth and happiness or wealth and intelligence. You'll meet plenty of stupid rich people, and you'll meet plenty of miserable rich people. And I can tell you from driving a cab, I know plenty of really happy poor people. I mean, we were all poor, really poor, but we were having a good time. You know, because your attitude defines your experience in life. You have a good attitude, you generally have a good time. You have a bad attitude, doesn't matter how rich you are, how good you're doing, you're probably not going to have a good time. So you don't know how to enjoy yourself. And that's my biggest gripe about the political divide right now is we're selling unhappiness. We're selling grievance. That's what the left is selling. They're not selling victorhood. You can do it. They're selling victimhood. The deck is stacked. Don't even try. That's what they do. Every, every, you know, feels like every two days the Democrats trot out another rich person to tell you how oppressed we are. You don't understand it's bad, said Michelle Obama from her $40 million beachfront mansion. Black women are invisible in this society. Well, you are because it's a gated community and we can't see it. You know, but the truth is they're using symbols of success to sell us oppression. It's the biggest joke. Uh, me and Kennedy did a hit last week on her show where we were talking about Meghan Markle and her podcast. She's doing a woe is me podcast at a time when 65% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. She's doing a podcast about how hard it is to be a British royal. What an idiot. But really think about that. Oh, it's so hard. Yesterday, I only got an eight-handed massage. Normally, it's ten hands. It's five people massaging me. But with COVID, one of them stayed home, so it was only an eight-handed and... Shut up! Will you shut up? Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about how difficult it is to be a British royal. How challenging it is to fly around the world in a private jet and lecture us about climate change. Nobody cares. But again, she sells this because we incentivized victimhood. Tell the world you're unhappy about something. You'll get applauded. You'll get currency. You'll get a promotion at work. You'll get somebody fired because you're unhappy. You, your individual unhappiness, has become a form of currency in this country. Yes, if you want to be surrounded by other miserable people. But if you really want to get out there and live a great life, just be happy. Isn't that what Bobby McFerrin said? Don't worry, be happy. I mean, I do think he blew his brains out eventually, but the point is it was a good message. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, he doesn't know this, but one of our listeners brought me a package of dinner rolls to give to this man so he no longer wants to beat me up for stealing his dinner roll when we were hanging out in Pittsburgh. Herschel Walker is here to make peace with the show. Hey, man. Hello there. How are you doing? So did, I don't know if you heard all that, but I was out uh, doing stand-up on the road. I was in Spokane, Washington, and a family drove all the way to Spokane to give me a package of dinner rolls and said, give these to Herschel so he doesn't get mad at you for eating his rolls. So can we be friends now? You ate the rolls, the chicken, the vegetables, and everything. You ate everything on <laughs> Hold on now, Walker. Hold on here. Back it up. I got to to put it in football terms, I got to throw the challenge flag. I'm on record for one roll. Don't drag the chicken and the salad into this. The no one believes I ate a salad. Someone ate the chicken, and you were the only one there, so I'm going to just assume it had to be you. Yo, we got to get – we need to get instant replay on the banquet circuit. That's That should be the yeah. first bill you sponsor when you get in there. Um, well – about it. Well, listen, your Bulldogs had a big win against Tennessee. Uh, I know you're feeling good about that. How are you feeling about tomorrow? 
Uh, I feel pretty good about tomorrow. You know, one of the things uh, the senator is talking about is runoff. Mm-hmm. And that tells you right there that he don't think he can win. Well, I do think I can win. Mm-hmm. I think the people of Georgia are saying that they're tired of this high inflation. I think they're saying that they're tired of the crime in the streets. They're tired of men and women's sports and those are all the things he swore. Well, I'm against all that. So I think the people in Georgia are speaking, and I think tomorrow night they're going to show that uh, they don't want to run off. They want me to be the next United States senator. Hey, Ben, uh, listen, we're certainly pulling for you over here because when you look at what he has done, when you look at what the Democrats have done, not only to your state but to the country as a whole, they really don't have a case right now for voters other than to call right-wing guys extremists. You know, everyone's attacking you for anything they can think of and plenty of things I can't even think of. Uh, but the point is, I think the simple plan playbook that all Republicans are running on, not just yourself, which is, hey, let's make things more affordable and let's make the trip to the store safe so you don't have to fear violent crime the way you do now. It's a pretty simple message. Are the Democrats just out of touch with people that they think, you know, attacking you personally is a reason to swing the election as opposed to people's own personal interests? Well, they're totally out of touch. You know, they've done this in less than two short years, and yet now they don't want to address any of the issues. And the reason they don't want to address them, they don't have a solution for them. They make excuses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that the people are, are saying, that they're out of touch, because why are you not addressing the crime? Why are you not addressing this open border, this inflation? You know, you have a president that's saying the greatest threat to democracy is uh, electing a Republican. And I'm like, the greatest threat to democracy is, is you're in the White House. <laughs> the greatest threat to democracy is having someone like Senator Warnock voting four times against the Keystone Pipeline, giving up our energy. Yeah. And uh, I, that's what the people need to hear, that the greatest threat to democracy is having people in the White House that doesn't seem to care about the United States of America. They're supposed to represent the people of the United States of America, not make excuses. And they've done this in less than two short years, and they're asking for six more years. I, I don't know whether we can recover from something like that. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Herschel Walker's on the line if you're just joining us. Uh, you know, Herschel, like, to put it in football terms, like, it feels like Biden has got the country in a rebuild. You know when a franchise just has no hope of making the playoffs anytime soon, so they clean house? Did it it feel like you got a president in rebuilding mode? Let's not say that we're not going to make the playoffs. Let's say that they got the the, the C team in. (laughs) They got the C team in, but the game ain't over yet. It's time to put the A team in. And I think the Republican Party can be the A team Mm -hmm. because we can change, we can turn these things around. We can become energy independent again. There are uh, laws on the books that we can get this border at least under control for right now, and then we can work on that later. We can get crime off the street by supporting our men and women in blue. Mm-hmm. We can get rid of these pronouns out of our military. We can start getting our military strong again. So we can get things done, but it got to start tomorrow yep. by people getting out and vote. People got to vote for a Republican on a straight-down-the-ticket Republican that believes in America, believes in the Constitution, that believes in the people of America, because sometimes you think that Joe Biden and his administration don't believe in the people. You know, they think the slogan, Make America Great Again, is a bad slogan, but yet you live here in America. (laughs) If you live here in America, you want to make America great again. You want to make the citizen great again. You want to make everything America does great again, Uh because you live here. You know, we have all faults we do, but all faults are not should be shown all over the world that we can't get along. It shouldn't be shown that we're racist because we're not. Nope. And that's the guy I'm running against. He wants to say that we're a racist country mm-hmm. because he wants your vote. He wants to divide us. Yep. I want to bring us together. And I say it all the time, 23 and me have screwed us all up. We don't know what we are. But what we do know that we're Americans, and I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I, I would agree there. And if, if people could just root for the home team a little more, 
it would go a long way because they have run such a negative, you know, and it's been over the course of the last eight years. The Democrats have just like trashed America as a sport. That's kind of become the hallmark of what they do. And it sucks because, you know, if you are here living in this country, most people are in on the joke that we're the luckiest people in the world. And that's why people are trying to migrate here from everywhere else. But, you know, the Democrats, they really do. They're running on, it, it's funny, so much negativity and it's national negativity. But I wanted to ask you this. This is a local question, okay? Herschel Walker, Mr. Push-Up and, you know, sit-up and dip and everything in between. What is your election day meal? This has been fascinating me. This is your first time on the ballot as a senator. Do you switch up your routine tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm not going to switch up anything. You know, probably tomorrow I won't eat because uh, I'm getting ready to go to work for the Georgia people. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm getting ready to go to work, I don't eat because then when you eat, you mm -hmm. want to go to sleep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be up because I owe the American people and I know owe Georgia so much that I'm ready to go to work for them. Like As soon as they elect me in, I'm ready to go to work wow. because we got to bring this country back together. We got to bring Georgia back together. And the way I want to do that is try to, try to find things we have in common first then trying to find things we don't have in common. I think trying to work on things we have in common. And I hope the first thing is that do you love America? Mm -hmm. And do you love the Constitution? Those are two things I hope that everybody has in common, that they love America and they love the Constitution. Let's see, can we work from there? All right, listen, I, I think this is all great stuff, but when you win, somebody's going to offer you some type of wild steak dinner. And if you're not going to eat it, at least send no. it my way. Well, don't worry. I will send it your way. I know you are the, the human garbage disposal, so I can send it for you. <laughs> Walker! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to be senatorial. Oh, no. <laughs> where's, the, where's the media handlers on that one? Oh, man. It was well-deserved. But for the record, okay, just we can put this to bed once and for all. Yeah. I did not eat that roll. I do believe your lovely wife might have either A, ate the roll or given it to somebody else. I did not eat it. That's number one. Uh, number, number two, uh, the people who came to my show were genuinely in fear of my life because they said if I ran into you, you were actually going to kill me. Can you just declare once and for all that my life is not at risk? No, your life is not at risk, but, you know, you sound just like a Democrat because you told me you didn't do something when you know you did it. And stuff. So I thought, I'm like, you're good at being around people from Washington because you know you did that. But it's okay because that's going to be all right with it. It's, it I, I like, you sound just like you're from Washington. I'm like, wow. You, you know, Biden calls it Putin's price hike. I'm saying it's Putin's roll theft. That's what I'm doing. I'm pulling a Biden. I'm passing the buck on okay, this one. Okay, we're playing Putin. Putin did it. He didn't roll <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, listen, I, 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 for one, believe you're going to win. I don't believe there's going to be a runoff. Um, I got a lot of faith in you, man. And the people who listen to the show day in and day out really appreciate the approach you've taken to this race, which is to focus on the issues. I know they've tried to get into all kinds of sensationalism and sidetrack you. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, you just keep running it between the tackles. So don't change anything now, man. I'm not because, you know, the people need to know what you can do for them, not know about uh, everyone's personal life or try to make up a personal life. I think right now people want to know if you're going to be a good leader. And right now I think I've proven I'm the leader and Senator Warnock is a follower. He voted with Joe Biden 96% of the time. That means he's following Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's going to head him off the stage in the wrong direction. So they got to con confuse a little bit. You ain't kidding, man. Well, finish up strong, man. We're, we're, we're in the red zone now. And you're looking good, man. Keep, uh, you know. No more eating rolls. No more. <laughs> All right, I'm on the case. I'll play some. I'll play some defense the next time I see it. But great work, my man. Finish up strong, and we'll talk to you after you win. Hey, thank you, Nine. Remember to tell them go to teamherschel.com and let's go win this great seat. Let's go, baby. All right, you got this, Herschel. See, see, you, my man. Teamherschel.com.
I can confirm that my life is no longer in danger. He said he's not going to hurt me if he runs into me. He did call me, I believe, was the term a human garbage disposal? Is that what he called me? Wow, this is some tough love on this show, Herschel. Herschel Walker, your next senator from Georgia, just said to me, You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f look at you. I did not see that one coming. Wow. Just for the record, really quickly, you guys. Because I tell you guys everything. I mean everything. You know way too much. Nobody who's in a position of, you know, um, you know, national media prominence, and I'm not saying I'm like by famous or anything by any stretch. I'm kind of just getting going here. Uh, we're having a hell of a good ride so far. I'm certainly not complaining. Uh, but I tell you guys everything, like things you don't need to know, but I find interesting, so I just tell you. This, this, this Herschel Walker role scandal never would have seen the light of day, but I told you guys. said, hey, I was at the Founders Award, WJAS, okay? It's a legendary radio station out in Pittsburgh. They're owned by the legendary St. Barnabas Healthcare chain, uh, of, and they do this glorious event every year. Okay, where they give out the Founders Award to somebody who they think best exemplifies the spirit of St. Barnabas and helping others and, you know, putting the needs of others ahead of themselves. And it's for selflessness and it's for someone doing great inspirational work in the community. Well, they were honoring Herschel Walker this year. And because I'm a personality on WJAS out there on the radio, they had me out to host the dinner. And it was, you know, quite the high honor to be hosting a big black tie affair that does all of this good in the world. So, of course, I'm there. Like, I am there. So I show up and, you know, me and Herschel, his lovely wife and some of the Fox reps are all hanging out and having dinner together. And I, to this day, I don't know who stole this man's dinner roll. I also, he, I also believe he wasn't going to eat it anyway, okay, because he's on a very strict diet. He does his 5,000 push-ups, his 5,000 sit-ups. He doesn't actually eat a lot, Herschel Walker. But somehow, after his speech, his roll was missing. Now, I don't know if somebody took the wrong one, but I promise you, I, I, on anything that would matter, I did not take this guy's roll. You're not telling me the truth. No, I did not. <laughs> That's not true. I didn't. And the point is, I only, I only brought it up because I thought it was so funny because he came back after giving his speech. Like, he tells a really funny speech when he's out there. He talks about growing up in Georgia and how, you know, he had a little bit of a stutter in middle school and he cured himself by reading in front of the mirror. And then he wasn't really thrilled with the shape of his body in seventh grade going into eighth grade. So he started what has become one of the most wor legendary workout regiments we've ever heard of, which ultimately propelled him into becoming this high school athletic sensation, which turned him into Herschel Walker, the college superstar, which turned him into Herschel Walker, the NFL star. So he basically walks you through that evolution within his life. And it's a very fascinating story, but it's very funny. He talks about being on the Cowboys and getting traded. And at one point he's traded to the Minnesota, you know, getting trades to the Minnesota Vikings from the Cowboys. It's this huge trade, but he wants no part of going to Minnesota in the winter. So he's holding out and he's fighting with Jerry Jones to get a better deal and to get him to buy stuff. And it's a really hilarious, funny, insightful look into what it's like to be Herschel Walker. And as he's sitting there giving that speech, I don't know who, but somebody either reached onto the wrong plate uh, or just knowingly absconded the guy's role. But the point is, it was not me. And the listeners who came to my show in Spokane two weeks ago brought me a package of Hawaiian rolls to give to Herschel to say, like, hey, you better give this to him so he stops being mad at you. I don't believe he was actually mad at me. Uh, but I do, but honestly, he wasn't, he wasn't even remotely close to, to being mad at me, but you know, we've been joking about it every time he comes on the air since, but I'm trying to give you that level of transparency about the event, just the same as he, 
because the truth is like right now in this moment in our politics, as stupid and as long-winded as this whole rambling story was, okay, the way forward is actually very short and simple. Okay, the way forward in this country right now is so easy. That's why I'm never discouraged. As bad as things are, okay, it's very simple. You get back into power as Republicans, okay? You support the police. You lock up the bad guys. No more woke bail reforms. Uh, Lee Zeldin is running for governor of New York, is vowing to fire Alvin Bragg on his first day in power. Uh, he couldn't fire the guy fast enough. He's the idiot that passed every one of these woke bail initiatives that let all the criminals back out of jail. Everything woke turns to Totally. Okay, but you, you, you solidify support for the police. You secure the border. You stop spending money. It's all you got to do. Okay, the root cause of inflation is Washington. Them spending money is why you have inflation. Okay, them declaring a rhetorical war on the police is why you have high crime. Them declaring a rhetorical war and a physical war on fossil fuel production in this country is why you have high gas prices. Okay, them declaring war on border security is why we have a fentanyl crisis in all 50 states. The path forward is actually really, really simple. Support the cops, stop spending money, secure the border. This country is a home run. Can you dig it? The best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. But don't worry, I will send it your way. I know you are the, the human garbage disposal. <laughs> Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And that is the production team taking a cheap shot, replaying Herschel Walker's claims that I am a human garbage disposal. That was what he said. That's what he said to me. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I disagree. Josh, did you love that so much? Is that why you just played that again? It was just so out of nowhere. Usually you get the guarded candidate, but that was just straight to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> a day before the election, you understand, that's the effect this show has on people. That's the one thing we're doing that is so different. A day before the election, a guy gets on, and it's just talking points, talking points, talking points, talking points. We don't have that on that show, on the show. That's why it works the way it does, is because it's just so raw and so human that a man who is running for United States Senate just stopped himself <laughs> mid-sentence to call me a human garbage disposal. And I will have you know, Herschel Walker, everyone who comes out and meets me, everyone, 
They're like, wow, you, you're a lot skinnier than you make yourself sound on the radio. Yeah, because I'm not actually like 800 pounds. I'm just an 800-pound man trapped in a 250-pound man's body. Like, I talk about food a lot because it's all I think about. It's all I care about. I care about the country, too, though. So let me pivot to a little segue. Let's have a little you and me moment before we wrap this bad boy up. And there it is, a full Thanksgiving Day best of in the books. A happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, uh, and everything you hold near and dear. Today is a day to give thanks and eat yourself senseless like we're doing at the Fela House. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Maybe so, but we're not about to stop now. This is absolutely gross. Sure it is, but you can check me out tomorrow sucking it in. I will be on the five at 5 p.m. on the Fox News Channel. But either way, happy Thanksgiving. And as we always say, be a Republican, be a Democrat, but don't be a... Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.